Welcome to A Life Invested, a podcast dedicated to helping you create the lifestyle of your dreams by investing in people, assets, and yourself. I'm your host, Roger Comstock. All right. Well, I am super, super excited to have one of my great friends here and somebody that I've known for years and who has found um, a whole lot of success in doing what he has done. He's been um, an owner in a company and been very, very successful in the world of real estate through all kinds of different uh, kind of methodologies that he's applied to his life that I'm excited to be able to hear about more in this podcast and to be able to share with all of our listeners here. Um, Kyle Pierce was born in Miami. Miami. Um, he was raised in New Orleans and eventually ended up in Utah after being forced out by Hurricane Katrina in 2005. Uh, Kyle graduated high school in Utah and went on to attend Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah, where he obtained a bachelor's and master's degree in accounting. During college, he started his first business named KPBM Bookkeeping. It was a bookkeeping and accounting company. Uh, this guy's very, very bright, very intelligent. Again, really excited to be able to learn from him, be a sponge as he tells us kind of what he's done. After college, he obtained his CPA license and went to work as an auditor for Deloitte, which is one of the big four accounting firms in the Salt Lake City office. After a long year and uh, and a half, Kyle left Deloitte to be the controller of an online marketing company uh, called Aduco Media in Lehigh, Utah. It was during his time with Aduco that he started his second company, Standout Home Buyers, a real estate investment company, and purchased his first property to flip. I'm excited to hear more about this and kind of the emotion that went into, you know, this decision. I think it'll be a lot of fun. But after a couple of years of working as a controller by day and building his real estate business at night, uh, Kyle left Aduco and became a part owner in Elevated Title. It was a, a, a real estate uh, title company and acts as their CFO. They just had a, a, a great exit um, in January. He's still there, I think, for the next two to three years. Um, but Kyle invests heavily in the Utah market, uh, flipping, wholesaling, building his rental portfolio, and commercial development. He's also started investing in multifamily units in the state of Ohio. Uh, recently, he purchased an abandoned apartment building in, in Trotwood, Ohio. Over his four-year investing career, Kyle has been involved in over 100 real estate transactions. Very impressive, accumulating 22 doors of his rental portfolio in the process. Kyle's married with uh, three beautiful children. And uh, when he's not spending time with his family, he enjoys playing basketball, old man softball, or uh, or pickleball. So, Kyle Pierce, welcome to the show, brother. Glad to have you here. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I'm 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 really excited to be here. Absolutely, absolutely, brother. I'm really really grateful that you are here with us. Um, first and foremost, if people are wanting to learn a little bit more about you and and what what you do, where where are they going to go to be able to uh, to find you? Uh, yeah, they can find me on Facebook. Um, just search my name. You can friend me, message me. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always open to, to chat or answer any questions or, or, you know, make new connections. Love it, man. Absolutely love it. Tell us what kind of got you into real estate. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of funny story. I mean, so, so I've always been kind of entrepreneurial minded. I've always started businesses when I was young and in college and always wanted to own my own asset class and get into real estate. Um, my dad did a little bit of flipping houses when, when I was younger, but very little. So he kind of planted that seed in my head. But, um, but yeah, I was, I was an auditor for, a, for Deloitte, a big four accounting firm, just working you know, 80 hours a week, making $50,000 a year. And then I was like, this, this kind of sucks. Um, so I started researching on a, you know, a place called bigger pockets, started listening to podcasts on real estate, um, started jumping on a bunch of 
what, you, what, what we call wholesaler lists where they send you out like these off-market deals. And for about like six, actually maybe nine months, I was just like getting ready to pull a trigger on a property to buy. And then I'd pull back because I was just too nervous or whatever. Um, but eventually I found one that I wanted to buy in Salt Lake. Uh, I ended up buying that one. Um, started to flip it. I, and and Roger, like I was getting into real estate, but I didn't know anything about real estate. <laughs> I didn't know like how to, like, I'm not a handy person. I'm a numbers guy. I'm like a CPA by trade, but I'm not like a handy person. Um, I had no business getting into real estate really. But anyway, I wanted to do it. Um, bought this property, ended up being uh, this, this meth lab house. Um, and I didn't know that before I bought it. But anyway, I got into that. Um, I had to deal with the city on a bunch of uh, permits that slowed me down and uh, didn't have contractor contracts. I was in there trying to fix stuff that I, I didn't know what I was doing. And um, long story short, I ended up losing 15K on that deal. But then, then I met my partners through it. I, I learned a lot of lessons through that deal. And after that, I just started picking up properties and uh, started flipping. Oh, I love it, man. I love, I love the experience that comes with uh, taking, you know, uh, some risks and putting your foot forward and kind of walking into the dark. It's a, it's uh, 15,000 may sound like a, a large sum of money to listeners, but in the long run, you know, that's a very small price to pay for the education you now have and what you've been able to, to, to do and uh, become. Would you agree? Oh, I absolutely agree. I mean, through that process, you just, you just can't learn uh, everything from a reading and like podcasts. You kind of have to go through it sometimes just to learn what you don't know. And after that, you just fix the mistakes that you, you know, that you made and you keep going to the next one. And then you, then you end up, you know, a year down the road, you've learned from all these mistakes and you're, you're, you're being very profitable at what you're doing. Oh, I love that, man. That's, that's stellar. Um, help uh, the listeners understand, you know, on your road to success, what, what role has delayed gratification played for you? Delayed gratification. No, that's, that's a very good concept because, um, you know, I could have used whatever, uh, money I made or whatever money I saved for, for things that could have made me short-term happiness, but, um, I, I know the long-term goal is, is building wealth, build, you know, buying assets that are going to eventually, you know, pay dividends later, pay for your bills, pay for your things that you want later, but it takes time. It takes saving. It takes investing in certain things now to then have those things later. Um, or, or you can live paycheck to paycheck and just buy the things that you want now. And, but you're not going to get very far. It's not going to last very long. Yeah, I, I, I really, really appreciate that idea um, so much. I, I think I, I'm, I'm sure many of our listeners have um, listened to or subscribed to Robert Kiyosaki's ideologies and Rich Dad Poor Dad or Cash Flow Quadrant of, you know, purchasing assets that then fund liabilities. So a lot of the contemporary mindset that uh, society has at large is really to, you know, buy liabilities make money and go buy an expensive boat or an expensive car, you know, and those things that they're buying money, they're buying things with money they don't have trying to impress people they don't care about or even know in comparison to just taking that money and socking it away into an asset like a, an apartment complex or a single family home or whatever asset they want to invest in. 
right? Uh, some people like the stock market. I'm not a huge fan of the stock market, but Dude, and then and then it's like it's so much more gratifying too when you when you put that stuff you know to the side first. You know, you build you build this little uh, you know whatever it is. Whether you're you know we we buy real estate that does that. There's other things that you can do. You know, starting Amazon stores or whatever. But building those systems and those things first, and then watching those things kind of take care of the needs and wants later. It's just so much more gratifying when you see that after building it all up and then having the gratification at the end. It's, it's really something. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I think it's, it's one of the most rewarding experiences in life to be able to put off what we currently want now for something we want later uh, because it represents sacrifice and sacrifice always um, allows us to grow and to become better people. I mean, our character is developed through sacrificing. Our relationships are developed. Our we we learn more things, um, and we we uh, really kind of yeah forge our character through those experiences. So I love that. Um, help help us understand too. What are you currently investing your your time right now into learning? What are you focused on learning? Um. So. Are you talking about just through experiences, through through education, through reading, kind of all of the above, or what? Yeah, all, all of the above. What books are you reading? What stuff are you currently working on? What are you focused on? Yeah, so I'm not a big like reader. I, I listen to to a lot of stuff and podcasts, and I listen to books online. Right now, I'm listening to uh, this book called Relentless um, by by Tim Grover. He's he was the old trainer of Michael Jordan. Um, book's a little intense I and mean, it's like basically having all your focus on one thing and sacrificing everything to make sure that thing is, is accomplished, which is what like Michael Jordan did. Right. But, um, but you know, it's a, it's a great book on, on maintaining focus. Um, but, but yeah, mostly there's that to kind of build the mindset part. Cause you always, I'm always trying to like put positive things right in, in my mind. That way I'm always thinking positive and, um, because you're going to have setbacks. You always have setbacks. You always have things that, that go wrong. Like on this one deal that, that we had recently, uh, we sold it. We, we bought a property from a seller and then we, um, we ended up fine. We, we were wholesaling this property, meaning that we got it under contract and we were selling it to another, um, uh, another person to flip. And, something came up on title and the seller got all upset and then the, the seller ended up trying to come back at us and say we were trying to um buy we because we had to we had to back out because something on title uh showed on the seller side where we couldn't purchase the property um and then later on they came back to us and and tried to sue us actually they tried to to uh, say that you know we we didn't go through with the contract um however you know, based on the contract, we, we backed out in time, we backed on all these things. But the point of my, my story is that it was, it was a deal that we were set to make a lot of money on, but some things happened that gave us a setback. We ended up having to deal with this issue with the seller that we eventually resolved. It, it, it turned out fine. But if we don't have like the constant, like positively mindset, like that could set us back, um, you know, days, weeks, months, Whereas if you're, if you're just putting stuff positive in your mind, you can just push that forward, get through that, go on to the next thing. Yeah, that's, that is such a powerful principle. Um, I, I believe the success that I've experienced um, has all been centered around mindset. 
and and discipline those two things i think uh it, it, it's interesting what individuals have the ability to accomplish if their mind is in the right place and if they look at something from a perspective of i'm no matter what happens i'm going to make this work and other people have done it which means i can do it too you know so what's interesting is that individuals oftentimes place their own glass ceilings on what they have the ability or to accomplish, right? They limit their potential through limiting beliefs about the, themselves and who they are. And I think that is, uh, that's a shame uh, because people have the ability truly to accomplish anything they want, anything. I, I, I've got goals right now in my company. Um, it's, it's, they're, they're, they're big goals. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited. We're on track to hit every one of them. And, uh, they're, uh, they represent a lot of money. And as a kid, I would have looked at that and said, wow, that's a, that's substantial. But as you get older, you start to realize that all you have to do to be able to hit a goal is create it in your mind first, right? Get your mindset focused on what you have the ability to accomplish, and then just be willing to put one foot in front of the other to make it happen. I loved, I actually really, really loved your comment. You said that, you know, you, you don't, you don't read a whole lot. You listen to podcasts. And when you saw that deal come across for that initial wholesale deal that you did, it was a little scary. It felt a little uncomfortable, but you just decided to pull the trigger. And I love it because there's no better teacher than experience. How did you feel? Um, you know, that, that first deal you did, I know you passed a few up. You explained you, you felt a little bit scared. Um, what, what did you feel like when you initially pulled the trigger on that deal? Well, so backing up just a little bit on your, on your comment about like yeah. having a glass ceiling there and, and limiting your beliefs. Um, so I didn't go to school for real estate. I didn't go to school for flipping houses or getting into commercial development or anything like that. I went to school for accounting, um, which, you know, gives you a background on running certain numbers and, and being good at Excel, but doesn't really prepare you for real estate transactions per se. But so, so if I were to like, just think that I was an accountant and like, that's all I could do, then I would have never... I would have never jumped into, I don't know, into real estate. I would have never, you know, stepped out of my comfort zone and started learning about, uh, <laughs> uh, never, never started learning about like flipping houses. When, when I was going into that house that I, that I bought my first house, I literally had like a measuring tape and I was like measuring the rooms. I was like, okay, this is 10 feet. This is 15 feet. Um, this will take this much carpet and it'll cost this much. <laughs> like, like it's crazy to think uh, that those are the things that I was doing initially, um, but but I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know how to estimate things, so I was just like doing anything I could that I thought was good, um, and then I would just ask my stupid questions to like people on Facebook or or people that I met um, throughout the real estate process. Um, but but anyway, my my point is just with that with that ceiling. If you put that limit on your mind, you're never gonna get out of your comfort zone to try something new and to actually get into something that you might love. Um, but, but anyway, to, to answer your question too, how did I feel when I bought that first deal? It was definitely a, it was definitely a scary thing. Like I think I had like $10,000 in the bank or something. I mean, I had credit cards, credit lines that I could have done. And I had maybe a, a, some people that I knew that I could borrow money from, but back then I was, didn't have much money in the bank. Didn't, you know, I wasn't making very much. And anyway, maybe some people would say that it's a little too risky, but to me, it was putting the faith in myself and just jumping into it. 
Wow, what a great uh, what a great story, man. Thanks for thanks for sharing that. Um, yeah, there's kind of a there's kind of a success tax to be paid, isn't there? I I think uh, with anybody that's trying to do something that is uh, different than the rest of the world, um, they're going to have to kind of blaze their own trail and do things that other people aren't willing to do. And usually, I mean, if people want to be comfortable, you know, working a nine to five, um, that, that there's obviously a lower return, right, on that on that type of uh, in, invested time. Whereas if Absolutely. somebody's going to hop onto the entrepreneurial roller coaster, because that's really what it is, you've got really, really low lows. I mean, times when you're just like, oh my gosh, when you, that, that first deal you did where, you know, that you, you realize that 15K had gone out of the bank, you weren't getting it back. It was probably this, a, a bit of a sock in the stomach going, oh shoot, you know, this was, I, I don't know if this is the best idea, but then you probably have had other times, I'd imagine we'd love to hear about them too, where you've been at the very top and you just feel so grateful for these experiences. I know for me personally, that has, that has been the case all through my entrepreneurial experiences and all the companies that I've uh, started. There have been times when it's just like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Um, literally, right? This this feeling of just right. like feeling nauseous um, and, and almost feeling like literally almost these like out of body experiences like this is not like I have no clue why I, I decided to make this choice, <laughs> you know, right. And, right. but you just keep going. And somehow it's like a miracle. Things just happen. You know, miracles happen. Um, but I love I love your experience and I love the stories you share. Tell us about one of the exciting things that have happened, kind of the top of the roller coaster you've experienced. Uh, well, just right right after that, after that deal that uh, you know I found out was a meth lab, I I fixed it up. I eventually sold it. Um, I, I didn't I didn't sell it for what I thought I was going to do. But in, in the process of that of renovating that house, I partnered up with somebody and we ended up buying another house. Um, and it was, it was a fire damaged house out in Magna, Utah. And if anyone knows Utah, Magna is like kind of out in the uh, boondocks. boondocks, like way out there in the West Salt Lake. <laughs> you would never think that you can make a lot of good money out there, but we got a really good deal on this fire damaged house. And um, right, right as I finished losing money on the first house, I ended up closing on this house and made 48,000 bucks. So awesome. it was like, it was like, oh man bummer this one sucked but then right after that um we, we ended up doing doing well I, I met my partner that i have now through that process um and then we bought another house right after that we started um flipping two at a time and then you know it just kind of spiraled upwards from there wow what a what a great experience when the second deal closed um, you know, after you'd lost the 15 K, was there this initial feeling of, Oh no, I just lost 15 K and now this other house is closed. I hope it doesn't kind of, I hope, I hope this looks better than the first one. Uh, dude, I don't know. My, my mindset was kind of always like, ah, you know what, if I lose, if I lose everything, I know I can always go get a job and make it back. You know, yeah, I can just, man, I love that mindset. Absolutely. Uh, like maybe my wife would be mad at me for a little while <laughs> or, so, or something, but uh, I know that I, I would just like, just jump back on and, and make money, say cut where I needed to save and then do it all again. You know, like if I lost everything today, um, it would now it would, it would take a little bit more time. It would take some time, but you know, you, you can always get back to where you were, you know, as long as you just keep it going you just stay positive. Um, but, but yeah, that, that answer your question there. What a 
What an absolutely stellar answer to that question. Um, most individuals that do well financially have that same exact vantage point about um, their finances. And and the, the whole idea of it, money is more of a neutral thing than kind of a, a game changer where some people are like, oh, no, you know, it's it's like, man, that's a 5K investment. I can't I can't stand to lose that money. Right. And where really, if it's interesting, there's a great book by Carol Dweck called Mindset. And it's this whole idea where we are able to really focus on the abundance and growth that's available in opportunities instead of thinking, oh, man, this is the end of the world in this fixed mindset where it's like, yeah, if everything let's say everything did go terrible. Right. Everything crashes, either microeconomically or macroeconomically. Things go, I mean, just as bad as they could go. Well, that that's OK, because. Money is nothing more than just a game and figuring out how to play it enables you to be able to make more of it. And it, I mean, there's inherent risks in doing so. But once you you understand the game, like you said, you can always make it back. And so it's really, really fun to we I mean, we only have one life to live. Right. And it's and it's short. And so we might as well enjoy well, the process. Well, and people see it as like maybe going into business for yourself as like risky. But I look at it the other way, like if you're working for a company you're just banking on those owners, you know, keeping that business afloat. You're, you're banking on those owners making the right decisions and hoping that all that goes well. Um, you know, you know at, at Elevated Title, we were, we had a bad, a little bad stretch where uh, we weren't making money for, you know, a few months at, at the beginning. And we had to cut certain employees. We had to cut their salaries. We had to lay people off. Um, they had no control over that, but I mean, what's the difference in risk there than going into business for yourself and you know, putting all that time, putting all that time and effort into building, building your own thing. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of similar. Oh man. What a great, uh, yeah. What a great segue into one of these other points here. I want to chat about, I think it's, uh, it's interesting, right? Because people need to invest in themselves. Uh, they, it's the, it's the number one thing they can invest in, right? We're talking about assets previously in comparison to liabilities. Right. The the most lucrative asset with the most potential is our own selves, our minds, because we can do anything. So if we're willing to read books and it requires sacrifice, it requires discipline. I try to get through about two to three books a week. And most people say, well, that's a good chunk of books. And for me, I'm like, man, I, I can't not read. I have to be reading because I'm never the smartest guy in the room. And so I always want to have my nose in a book and I always want to be a sponge to anybody else that has more information than I do. I will love going into a room and just listening, being able to ask questions and turning my brain into a sponge because it's, it's made me, it's made me a lot of money to be able to do that. And it's helped me learn how to network and develop great business relationships all because I realized I don't know really anything, right? It's all about just keeping our minds open and investing in ourselves and it's a it's a really really a fail proof truly fail proof way to be able to to, to do very very uh, very right. well and, and and you kind of make it sound uh, it, it's you don't make it sound easy but it's it's easier said than done is what I, what I mean it because certainly you, is yes sir because, because when you're laying when you're laying down at night and you can either you know after a hard day of work you can either you know sit down and watch an episode of The Office or watch an episode of whatever on Netflix or Hulu, or you can read and, and learn something else. Uh, it's, it's really hard to do sometimes. Like you, you have to, uh, you have to first get in the habit of doing it. If you're not in the habit of doing it, you just need to start by 
you know, taking 20 minutes and reading instead of watching something on, on, on TV or, or whatever, playing a video game or going doing something else. Uh, if you'd sacrifice that time and actually learn something new, like you said, it's gonna, it's gonna pay dividends in the end. It's gonna make you a lot of money. It's gonna put you in the right spot. It's gonna give you the confidence that you need to, you know, start something that you thought um, that you've been wanting to start or, or however, you know, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And I I love what you just said, brother. I really, really do because it is the compound effect, right? So a lot of people, they overwhelm themselves with um, feeling like they have to do everything now. And I think people just need to take a deep breath, you know, and just just enjoy, like you said, you know, I I think uh, Stephen Covey made a great point and people need to apply it. That's where most of the challenges come in life is lack of application. So there may be great principles that have been understood or you know uh people have learned about but they've got to they've got to apply them. And Stephen R Covey says sharpen the saw, right? And so what's cool is somebody may say, "Oh man, I can never watch The Office again because I mean heaven knows how good that show is. It's amazing." And some people may say, "Shoot, I need to never watch The Office again. I need to never do anything fun again. I just need to always be yeah exactly right but what i love so much about life is there really is a very healthy balance in being able to manage our time correctly that makes us most effective uh steve Covey calls it sharpening the saw and so you know maybe you've had a long day and you just commit to yourself i think it's about these micro commitments that we do every single day that create that create habits like you said i I loved that you said that it's like all right maybe what i'm going to do today is i'm going to I'm going to come home and I'm, I'm actually going to watch the office because it's been a long day and I'm going to take a quick, you know, breather. And then I'm going to spend 20 minutes reading this book. And if every yeah, single exactly. day, I'm not, I'm not coming down on anybody that, that sits down and takes a little, <laughs> a little load off and watches, you know, I, I did the same thing. Sometimes I'm, I'm working, uh, you know, I worked in the day and then I, I try to limit myself to work until, you know, five 30 where I go home and spend time with my family until the kids go to bed by like eight uh, or eight thirty, if I'm lucky. Um, and then I go to bed probably around midnight. And there's, so there's that three and a half hours there where I have time for my wife, maybe some fun, like a, like a, like an episode of something. And then, you know, your, your self-study um, and time with your wife. Well, I think I said my time with your wife, but, um, but yeah, that's, I mean, it's a pretty long time. It's three and a half yeah. hours that you have to kind of personal development. You can make some fun in there. You can make some, some reading in there and then some personal time with your you know, spouse. If you don't have anybody, then personal time with whatever. Absolutely, man. Man, I love everything you're saying, brother. I I could talk to you all day here. We've still got a little bit of time. And so I want to ask you a few more questions. We, we've got about 15 more minutes here. Um, and so I want to ask uh, for you, just because I just respect you so much and I love what you're doing. I think it's so important that people really listen to this. And uh, I mean, if you're not following Kyle Pierce, go follow him. I mean, this guy, he's a great example of uh, what what people have the potential to accomplish by just taking t- taking a leap of faith. You know, um, I think it's amazing. Now, again, whether people believe in the universe or God or whatever an individual's belief system is, what I've found is that we, we move forward, we take a step forward and somehow, some way, things work right i mean it's it's amazing there's there's been times there's been plenty of times in my business where i have i have felt like oh no like like truly like oh this is not good (laughs) you know like i don't know i don't know how um 
that this is going to work out or I've got all these huge goals in the future. How am I going to be able to make those happen with everything currently going on now? And what I, what I found is that if we create something in our minds first, we write them down, we believe they can happen. We just start taking small steps. Again, the compound effect, just small steps towards these goals. Miracles, truly miracle, weird things happen that uh, kind of create this reality that we had always wanted just simply because we were willing to, to kind of trust the process, you know? Um, so I want to ask you, what piece of advice would you give your, your 20 year old self, you know, looking back now, what would you say to 20 year old Kyle Pierce? Uh, buy all the Dogecoin and Bitcoin yeah. <laughs> that you ever see. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, hey, not bad I, advice. Yeah. Yeah. The advice I give my 20 year old self is probably just get started sooner um, or start. I mean, man, when I was 20, I was, all I was thinking about was uh, playing basketball and I don't know, playing as much sports as I could and um, trying to find a decent girl to, to be with. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't get started that long ago. I got started in real estate four years ago. And, um, since then I've, uh, you know, like I said, I think accumulated 22 doors in that time. If I would have started, I'm 32 years old right now. Um, so four years ago, I was about 28. If I would have started at 22 years old, I mean, how much farther would I be now? But, um, yeah, I mean, I had tons of ideas in my twenties as well. So I guess my advice to my 20 year old self would just be like, just start doing it, man. Just, just like take one of those ideas that you had and start, start messing up, start doing stuff and meeting people that are going to get you to um, accomplish that idea that you're, that you're having right now. Like I'm sure a lot of your listeners have like all these ideas that they think that they can do and, um, and accomplish and that, like they can do it. They can absolutely do it. It's just a matter of uh, learning, learning the right things to do it, meeting the right people that will put you in a position to do it. And then just messing up, failing, um, learning from those and just taking, taking a step each day to, to get you farther. I really, I really, really appreciate uh, that comment. Uh, mostly because of the, the power behind what, you've uh, taught here regarding failure, right? So I, I think most people choose, lots of individuals have great ideas. Our brains are amazing. We have inspired ideas on how to make the world a better place, you know? And a lot of people will just say, well, what if I fail? Well, what if you become the most successful individual in the world or in not even in the world, it doesn't need to be that big. What if you what if you're able to change people's lives with your idea because you decided to move forward? And what right. if you do fail? Even better. And I mean that. Some people may say, well, that sounds a little odd, Roger, that <laughs> you'd say even better that you'd fail. Well, failure always, always results in experience and a deepened understanding of what we have the ability to accomplish. And so the next time we choose to move forward, it gets better and easier until what we do and what we are accomplishing becomes second nature. And so there's, the, there's these people and it truly breaks my heart. Like I, I see these individuals that want so bad to um, have these experiences that are theirs for the taking. They can literally just take them, but they won't because fear is dominating their life. Fear of failure. You know, and so, so I, true. 
Yeah. Sorry, I don't, I don't mean to Please, no, off, please. But, but with, with the fear thing, like, don't be afraid to ask, like, stupid questions, like, to yes. people that are people that are smarter than you. Like, like when I, when I got, when I was trying to find funding for that first house, um, like I said, I had $10,000 in the bank. I was like, how am I going to, this house was, I think I paid 305,000 for it. I thought it was going to eventually sell for 460,000 and my rehab was going to be like 40,000. Um, that didn't end up happening, but originally I didn't know how I was going to get 305,000. Like I was like, how do people pay for this stuff? <laughs> how, how did you, how did you guys make so much money to pay? cash for this house um so i just started like asking on facebook like hey how do you guys pay for your flips and then some guy responds oh you use a hard money lender they don't care about your credit they don't care about how much uh uh you know experience you have in flipping they just care about the asset that you're buying and they'll lend on the asset and i said oh well that's cool do you know any <laughs> any hard money lenders and they send me the and, the, and someone sends me the referral and then I talked to that hard money lender and he goes, yeah, it's going to be three points and 13%. Um, that's not for, a bad rate for a hard money lender. What, that's a good rate. <laughs> well, well, I could, I could definitely get better now, but at the yeah. time, I, didn't, I didn't know any better. I was like, what does three points mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, like I knew, I knew, I knew from, from an accounting perspective, I know what, you know, rates are and percentages and all this stuff, but I didn't know the terminology of what three points meant that, you know, that's 3% of the total loan that he's going to give you you need to pay that as as an expense right um but but back then i just i just didn't know like what that was and so i just asked him i was like okay what does that mean and then he'd tell me and i'd say okay how much money is that actually that i'm gonna, <laughs> i'm gonna have to spend on this loan and then they would just explain it and you know you just learn that way but i'm sure to them that was kind of like who is this guy's newbie is asking all these stupid questions but i don't know I, I just started asking stupid questions i didn't really care um, and that's how I started learning. I love that. The, the, the most, the most foolish person in a room always is the one who thinks they're the smartest, right? I mean, they, if, it, because they're gonna, they're gonna miss out. Right? I love what you just said. I hope all the listeners are taking notes right now, right? Because there is no harm ever in asking questions. In fact, what's interesting is people love talking about what they do. Right. Dale Carnegie, who wrote the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, he explained that if you want to be interesting, be interested. What what better way is there to be interest, interested in someone by, than by asking them a question about about something? Right. right. And so, yeah, yeah, it's 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 very it's amazing how far a question can get you. You know, yeah, like hard money. Lend I mean, I've got a friend that does hard money lending and his rates are 18 percent and somebody would say, wow, that's super, super expensive. And it sounds expensive, but when you look at the cost of capital and what that would mean in the overall deal structure, it can actually be very, very lucrative, even at 18%. So 13% is great. And as you get into networks, there's better hard money options, there's private money, there's portfolio lending, there's all kinds of options available that provide people with opportunities to be able to experience what they had always dreamed about. And all they had to do, I love, man, Kyle, I love everything you said because all they needed to do was ask one question and drop their ego. That's why most people won't do it. They're afraid to look stupid. Yep. But instead, if they, if they asked one question, it could change the next 50 years for them, which is, which is crazy where they can say, oh, you know, I don't want to look, I don't want to look foolish. And so I'll keep it in me and I'm just going to keep working my nine to five so I don't look 
I don't look crazy, you know? So what a great comment. Yeah, man. And, and, when, and when you start doing that, then you start, instead of saying like, oh, I don't know the answer to that question or, or you just start thinking like, okay, who do I need to ask? Who do I need to find to answer that question or to help me do this thing? And it just, yeah. it just shifts your mind to start like figuring out solutions rather than being fearful of looking dumb or, or whatever. Absolutely, man. Wow. I, I love that so much. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you two more questions if that's okay. And then I'll let you go, but man, we, we got to go grab lunch or go play some golf or something, man. I, oh, I, man, anytime, anytime. That would be, I, I love, that would be a blast. I love lunch and I love golf. So let let's know. go, dude, that'd be a blast. Um, well, uh, let me ask you this. This is an important question. Um, especially for listeners because of our current economic environment. And so I, I want to ask when everyone else, which seems to be the majority now, sees potential problems in the market, right? Or in the world. Um, what, what do you do to find opportunities? And before you answer, let me just say, I, I, I want to say something that I, I find very, very interesting. People love to make excuses when they're underperforming so that they can blame something else on their current circumstances. And I don't get it, right? I think it's the weirdest thing. It's like, well, so-and-so is president. And so now I don't have this opportunity. Garbage. That's garbage. There's always opportunity. Or so-and-so, there's, there's these new tax laws that are going to make it so I can't do X, Y, Z, right? Or what, whatever it is. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, what are you talking about? There's always, there's always opportunity. And so what do you do to be able to, uh, to see things? I get, I get that question so much. Like, dude, how are you, how are you doing in this market? It's so competitive. Um, and the, the market is so high. Like, how do you even find deals? And um, I just say like, yeah, it is competitive. It, there is, there's uh, the market is hot right now, but you know what? Um, there, the, if you can find the deal, then the market being hot or competitive is great for you. Right. Um, and there's no, there's, there's never a lack. Well, in real estate, there, I feel like there's never a lack of deals out there. Um, you just got to be able to, to find them. Um, so yeah, you, you can have that mindset where, um, like you said, there's new tax laws that are, they're, you know, they're taking away certain uh, tax benefits for real estate investors or, the market's too competitive, um, but there's people doing it. There's people being successful. <laughs> like, do you like you? You see people being successful, like at every point of the market. And so, what are they doing to be successful? Obviously, there's deals out there. Uh, otherwise, no one would be successful. Um, so there, there's no matter what market it's in or or what the circumstance. There's there's people doing it. You just need to figure out how they're doing it and then replicate it. Yeah, I think it's interesting too because uh, thanks so much for that comment. Um, it's it's interesting because I, I recently posted on online about potential opportunities in in uh, I'm looking at buying some properties myself, some multifamily properties right now. And I was looking in in real estate. There's this term called cap rates, which is you know. Um, but for any listeners that aren't familiar with what it is, it is the net operating income divided by the value of the property. And so you have basically it gives you kind of a gauge on how risky a, a, a project is and what your return is going to be. And right now I would love something that's a nine plus percent cap rate, right? And it's a tough market to be able to get those rates, especially in Utah, but they're there. And what I think so funny is you post something like that and people basically are like, well, you're crazy. You'll never find anything like that. But I just saw a deal that was a 13 or 14% cap. 
right? And it was, it, it, they come up all the time. They're all over the place. And so those people, there's there's always going to be naysayers about opportunities too. They'll always say, oh, you can't get that. That's, or they'll say it's a unicorn. And I mean, and I get it, it is a unicorn, but that doesn't mean you can't find it, right? That, right. It, that it's not there. Um, and so I, I really, I love, I just really, really uh, appreciate your mindset. I, I think it would do every everyone good to be able to kind of take a the, the approach of a bit of a paradigm shift right if we have if we have glasses on with green lenses everything will look green you know and so if people have these glasses on with lenses of um lack of opportunity or a fixed mindset every the way they view the world is going to look that way everything is that there are no opportunities the market is too saturated there i can't do anything but if they just change the lens out that's all they have to do. Just change the lens from green to blue or whatever it is, right? And out now everything, everything looks different, right? It's like, oh my gosh, there's an opportunity over there. Right now, what I think is so fun, Kyle, is I literally, there are so many ways to be able to make money. And sometimes it stresses me out because I'm like, man, where do I, where do I invest my time? Because there's so many opportunities. Yeah. Dude, just, just, so this, uh, the most recent deal that we've that we're doing that we're buying to flip uh this this seller uh he's an older guy and his wife just passed away uh his kids want to put him in a home <laughs> well according to the seller his kids want to put him in a home so they can uh take the house and sell it um and do whatever they want with it uh, he can't pay certain bills his kids won't help him pay the bills and so he calls us up and is like hey man uh i I want you guys, if you guys can meet this price, which was a, a very good price for this house, if you guys can meet this price, I'll sell it. My kids think that they're going to inherit this house, um, but I'm going to sell it to you guys and it's going to be news to them. Oh, dude, <laughs> and, that is music to your ears. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so amazing. we hear this and we're like, hey, man, that, that's great. We, we would love it at that price. We'll, we'll purchase it. Um, but, but just going off here, like there's opportunities everywhere. You can never find that. Uh, if you go on the market and look for, for these things, it's, it's kind of an off market deal, but, but they're there if you can find it. Right. Just like you said, this is like a, like a unicorn lead. Like this is a perfect lead that, that we get. We don't get them all the time, but every now and then you'll get these awesome, awesome leads that turn into to great deals. Um, and, and they're out there. You just gotta, um, be consistent, you know, be consistent in what you're doing. Um, and eventually those things will, will, will turn up. I love it, man. Well, thank you very, very much. Thank you for being on the show. I'm going to ask you one last question. I'll let you go. Um, I know you're not, uh, you said you're not a huge reader. You, you more listen to things, which I think is wonderful. So maybe that you could answer this one way or the other. What is your favorite book uh, that you have read and why, or what is your favorite podcast that you're listening to and why? Oh man, that changes like, that changes all the time. Um, when I first, when I first got started flipping junkie was my favorite podcast. Cause I was just getting into real estate and it taught me like everything from A to Z on how to do something. Uh, uh, Dan, Danny Johnston um, is the guy that was hosting that podcast. And he just resonated with me on it. He, you know, he had a full-time job at the time and he was just getting into, into flipping and wholesaling and rent building rental portfolio. So I, I don't know. That one's probably, I still listen to that one today. Um, just because that's that's what got me started. I'd have to say that's probably one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, Bigger Pockets I listen to all the time. Um, 
you know, for, for fun, I listened to like, uh, we, we were spoken, speaking about the office earlier. I listened to like the office ladies and the, the other one that, um, the, the other one on the, on the office podcast, what's that guy's name? Uh, Ke- Kevin that plays Kevin, that guy. Oh, he's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those podcasts are funny, but, but, but so for your, for your listeners, yeah, those, those flipping junkie, bigger podcasts are probably my, my favorite podcast that I listen to right now. Um, books like honestly I, I don't know how you read two or three books a week that's that's freaking insane man <laughs> you're, oh, you're your knowledge is growing like your, your knowledge is growing like crazy but um but yeah I, I mean those are probably my favorite my two favorite podcasts i love it man um i'm just gonna say here in closing uh first of all thank you uh very very grateful so grateful to have you on the show so thankful to know you you're an exceptional person and so it's just a privilege to know you and have you as a friend um, the other thing that I wanted Likewise. to say, oh, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. The other thing I wanted to say to the people that are listening is how important it is to diversify our income streams, right? And so it's it's what I love about Kyle and what he has done is that he's built some really, really kind of fail-proof methods to find success. And so it's interesting. A lot of people will say, man, I'm just afraid I'll lose my job or whatever it is. And what I think is so interesting is that we we have so many, like we've talked about, and this is really what I want to end with here. There are so many opportunities in the current marketplace as it stands to provide infinite evergreen job security based off of sound economic principles. And what I choose to employ in my individual businesses, I love to have a passive income business. Um, if people are interested in learning about it, it's, it's called ZeroDollarStartup.com. I teach people how to generate passive income every single month, thousands and thousands of dollars without any upfront capital needed. So not like real estate. I'm I'm really, I'm actually starting a apartment syndication fund right now. So that's going to be focused in real estate for a different income stream, right? But I love the digital world. I love the online space because there's very low risk and very, very high returns. There's infinite returns in the online space, which is great. And then I have a program that I take people through. It's another income stream that provides a lot of value for people, which is great, where I teach them how to do that. And Robert Kiyosaki explained that we should have at least seven income streams. And a lot of people, again, would get overwhelmed by that and say, well, good grief. <laughs> you know, where do, those, where do those come from? But I think it's important that, again, we talk about taking small bites out of this big pie every single day and, okay, Here's one income stream. This is my day job. And here's a side hustle. And here's something that I have money invested in that's providing dividends or asset appreciation and opportunities there. And all of a sudden, over a short period of time, you got all these places where money's coming in. And so when that happens, it doesn't matter what's going on in the economy, right? You've got, you've diversified your opportunities to where you're safe, you know, and most importantly, you're free. Right. And I think I think that's important. I love what Kyle has taught us today about real estate and what he's done and being willing to take some risks and, you know, helping manage this company um, that he just had a great exit on. Right. And so it's it's uh, it's it's wonderful to be willing to invest in our futures by being uh, in in a, uh, you know, I think the best way to say it, this has been kind of a common theme in my podcast over the past several episodes is that when, when motivation goes away, we need to just replace it with discipline, right? We just need to be willing to do things we don't really want to do so we can have things that we really want to have forever. Um, and so I've, I've appreciated every single thing that you've said today, Kyle, I, I'll go back and re-listen to this podcast 
um, because it has just been eye-opening for me. I've learned a lot. Um, I always do from guests on my show. I've learned a, a large amount from you today, and so I can't wait to just absorb it. Uh, so thanks for thanks for being here, brother. No, no problem, man. Thanks for thanks for having me. Hopefully, hopefully the listeners uh, got something from it, and um, and yeah, if they if they ever have any questions or anything about about that type of stuff, I'm I'm always happy and and open. You know, when I was starting people were always so open with me to answer my questions and to point me in the right direction. So I, I always try to, you know, pay it forward. So if anyone out there needs, needs help with something or starting something in, in real estate or just wants my perspective on something, I'm, I'm always happy to answer that. Boy, I hope everyone listening uh, heard that and they take advantage of that. That's so kind of you, man. Um, well, thank you. We'll get together and go play some, play some golf and grab some lunch and I'll look forward to it, brother. Thanks for being here. Sounds good, man. Yeah.